0: Love Talk Radio. I am going okay to our me out for podcast, and boy, oh boy, what is that noise? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Boy, there's a lot of noise on the line. Uh, Jim, are you there? What is that? Oh, well, that was Jim's phone. <laughs> well, I let him go. Uh, anyhow, it is, it is early May. It's the first podcast of May. And uh, 20 years ago, I wrote uh, about how uh, the opening day of the NFL Schedule was my my white party. It was my my big celebration of the year, and here I am all these years later going to the white party this weekend. Uh, I'm uh, back. How time has changed. But Jim. Jim, I don't. It sounded like you were vacuuming or something, so I figured I'd nah, better, there was I better total, cut you off. it total
1: silence on my end.
0: That was that's why. Well, listen, it would not be an Outsports podcast without some kind of technical exactly. <laughs> snafu, most of which are not our fault. Uh, but anyhow, um, yeah. So next week, now Joe, I'm going to be in London next week. Are you, are you doing a podcast or are we taking the week off?
1: Depends if I can find someone's, if I find someone, uh, to replace you permanently as co-host, we'll go that direction. Joe. So, um, <laughs> otherwise, if we'll, if we'll, if otherwise we'll take the week off.
0: you by <laughs> all means, you go right ahead. I'll take my severance package and go. Uh, Deal. Uh, so so yeah. I, I, well, we may or may not be back next week. Um, that's up to Jim. I'm going to be in London. Uh, I'm going to try to check out that Romeo and Juliet reproduction that they they've done with the, uh, starring. I think Romeo and Julio, I guess, which are two. <laughs> that's what I'm assuming. Two two Premier League players, though, so an all male cast of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, but 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 until then, um, we had a couple of stories that we wanted to chat about this week. And one, Jim wrote a a, a great kind of takedown of the insanity surrounding ESPN's rational layoffs. If you're following last week, there were tons of, of big names laid off from ESPN in a cost-cutting move.
1: Um,
0: and, and there are lots of people guessing it why ESPN has ended up in the spot, you know, the worldwide leader in sports having to make major layoffs, um, on-air talent, uh, behind-the-scenes, and and Jim, you talked about one theory in particular starring Michael Sam.
1: Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently it is a thing on several, many prominent conservative websites who think ESPN's gotten too liberal in its leanings. And among the examples cited, where we're making Michael Sam to be a hero and giving Caitlyn Jenner uh, the Arthur Ashe Courage Award, the ESPYs, was two of the examples I used, along with the coverage of Colin Kaepernick, and I thought, I didn't know this was a thing, and I did a little more research, and it was, and, and people are citing their liberal leanings as as sort of, it's weird, they're, they're saying it's not a direct cause, but it's a symptom of ESPN hemorrhaging, I think they've lost like 10 million subscribers from cord cutting in the last couple of years, and I thought just, and the more I delved into it, I realized they literally, there's nothing to back these assertions up. That people have stopped (laughs) subscribing to ESPN because ESPN is is considered, quote, too liberal. And then I got to thinking about Michael Sam, like, what is the quote-unquote liberal slant on Michael Sam? He was the first in history to ever come out prior to the draft, so it was a huge news story. And the guy, uh, Clay Travis, who writes for Fox um, and has a Fox podcast who's been pushing this theory that ESPN's crumbling, is collapsing, and that's a reason, he's the one who cited uh, Michael Sam. And then when Michael came out in 2014, he was saying how big of a story this was. So I, I found it really contradictory that people were using their own sort of ideological beefs with ESPN to justify why ESPN is laying off people and the reason simply is economics. They are way overpaying for rights fees for the NBA, the NFL, baseball and other things and more and more people are cutting the cord on cable and satellite and they have the highest per subscriber um, fee, it's like 7 to $8 um, on your cable or satellite bill go to ESPN and so subsequently they've They've had, you know, they've they've heard Disney's profits, and so they've had layoffs. But I found it really kind of bizarre and that one of the reasons was Michael Sam and Caitlyn Jenner were somehow <laughs> reasons for this. Did you had you known this was a thing before?
0: Oh, I saw it right. away. as soon as it happened, I saw uh, some some people on Twitter and comments on stories. People immediately went there, and it, it didn't surprise me because you know uh, there are certainly some people who. Like sports, who just don't want any kind of politics, and they view, uh, you know, two men kissing as political, and they view Caitlyn Jenner getting an award as political, and 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 they don't like it, and and so I, I, I and and I'm sure they don't like it. They talk to their buddies who don't like it, and suddenly decide that ESPN has to lay people off because because they don't like that that Michael Sam kissed his boyfriend, right? So you can anecdotally, you can you know, I'm sure you can come up with a case that. They lost a subscriber. I'm, I'm, I'm sure some people have slowed their viewing of ESPN because of for for, for tons of reasons. And, and on the flip side, some people have watched more of ESPN or the NFL because of some of these things. So, you know, I, 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 my I, my assumption is that this is all based on just anecdotes of people just thinking of what they think and talking to their friends. And but at the end of the day. I really think very few NFL fans are tuning out uh, Monday Night Football on ESPN because Michael Sam, his boyfriend, and Caitlyn Jenner got got an, an award. And, and and you know I I watch Leslie. I I don't watch ESPN anymore. Why would I? You and you talk about this in your piece. The internet has you can find scores immediately. You get every all what made ESPN great was SportsCenter and you know finding what happened and seeing the highlights. You can get that all online. I don't have to tune into the television to see it.
1: Well, now that you get it online, I always love watching how a particular play was called live at the time because it's much more dramatic to hear the real announcers. Well, now you go to a place simply like Deadspin, any time there's a big event, they have the video up within minutes of the, you know, they'll have the ESPN feed, they'll have the ESPN Spanish feed, they'll have the Russian feed. And so the old days of saying I had to tune into a certain thing to watch it live – I'm the same way. I watch ESPN in a weird way, mostly during college football season, because I'll get home Saturday night around midnight, and they have a college football recap show, and I'm able to sort of, you know, see what happened during the day, um, you know, because all the West Coast games are over. But I find myself not tuning into their daytime program, which is mostly arguing, just because I don't find it interesting, it has nothing to do with the political yeah. slant on it. I just find it really boring, because it's literally people. You and I could go on those shows and opine about these issues as effectively or or more so than they do, because it's simply you have to have a hot take on whatever the topic of the day is, and I just find it just really boring to watch, but because I can get scores on my phone, I can get highlights on my scores for fantasy football, I can use an app to get my team score, I don't need to go to ESPN or NBC Sports or Network or wherever like I used to in the old days, and so that's the reason people are cutting their cord, and yet I think it's a backwards rationalization of it would make you feel better to say, I, I upheld my political beliefs by canceling ESPN. but I, And then when I kept telling them, hey, where's their evidence? And there is, there was actually a poll out yesterday of all, with perfect timing for my story, that showed that the Positive perceptions among Republican viewers, self described Republicans of ESPN, dropped precipitously in April of 2016. I think you remember what happened last April because you broke the story.
0: Yeah, <laughs> firing Kurt Schilling.
1: Kurt Schilling getting fired. And so it just dropped at that point because it was a big story. Um,. But you know, you can go the whole Kurt Schilling's history about it. But he had it really—he retweeted that really nasty anti-Trends uh, meme from somebody on Facebook, and it culminated him getting fired. But from that point, the perceptions of um, among Republicans, you know, dropped. But for Uh-oh. years, it well, was pretty I, much good.
0: Sorry. I'm sorry, you just cut out for about 15 seconds for some reason.
1: Am I um, back? We-
0: <laughs> We need to, uh, you know what? We need to dig into a new platform. This is crazy. From, from day one, we have had issues with Blog Talk Radio. It's lovely for them to host us. It really, as we appreciate it, we like doing the podcast. But I, it is like every single week, and I, 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 there, there is some wacky technical snafu. So, uh, anyhow, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, it was Kurt. It was Kurt uh, Schilling, and yet even then, you couldn't prove. Oh, people yeah. start dropping their cable subscriptions. The minute Kurt Schilling was fired, especially since the biggest people, the the most highest number of people who drop them are millennials who in poll after poll show they're more, say, gay friendly than older people. So if anyone was cutting the cord, it would be older people, but they're the ones more likely to have a cable or satellite subscription because they don't want to cut the cord and figure out how to use Netflix or whatever else.
0: There's a friend of mine who produces a a show for, a, um, for a, a basic cable, or I think it's basic, whatever, it's a, it's a cable network. And when I was uh, when I was talking to him before it premiered, I said, you know, good luck in the ratings. He said, oh, the ratings don't matter. It's a show that, that targets younger people. I said, what do you mean the ratings don't matter? He said, kids today, they don't watch TV. That's not where we look for the ratings. We look for the um, mobile downloads and the iPad downloads and the on-demand on 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 uh, on your TV. And he's like that. The ratings, the days of looking at watching just TV ratings are just kind of starting to. Their importance is is being reduced because kids are just leaving television and and if they can get all the content, most of the video content on their phone, they can see the highlights. They can see, you know, what so and so's hot take was on this game or that game, or uh, then then they don't they don't need the TV and and they just sit in their bed or they sit on the bus or they sit wherever and they're just looking at their phones and so so much is being so much of it is being consumed particularly by kids under twenty five but on their phone they just don't it's just not the the. the they just don't need to go to ESPN, and what they'll do is go to ESPN. They'll spend more time on ESPN.com than they will on on the network.
1: And also, the only thing that really still draws big ratings are are tentpole events like the Super Bowl, where you want to watch it live. You don't want to you don't want to wait four hours to watch it because every all everybody's talking about it in the moment. Or I mean, how many viewers the, the, the presidential debates got last year, or the Super Bowl, or or uh, I'm sorry, the Olympics, or something like that, are, are still about the only things that draw major eyeballs. Because everything else, you could, I mean, with the on-demand stuff, you could watch an entire series in you know an afternoon if you want to. And I mean, I time-shift all the time. I love the HBO sh- show Veep, and I I can't remember the last time I actually watched it live when it aired. I simply tape it and watch it when I have time to watch it. Um, but let's get back to the whole ESPN thing. And, and one thing that we have to say is, ESPN should be proud of the way it's covered LGBT issues. I mean, they were doing this as early I can find as 1998 with an outside the lines thing where they talked about Dave yeah. Dave Copay and they did Greg Congdon, the player football player who was outed in his high school. So for years, even kind of ahead of a lot of the other mainstream media, ESPN's really done a great job. I know they've contacted us many times for things on usage and style and sensitivity. And so if this is – if their coverage of LGBT issues are a reason anybody is canceling it, ESPN should not apologize for that because they're they're not pushing – "Quote unquote homosexuality in people's faces. They're simply saying this is reality now. There are LGBT athletes out in every you know every sport, every walk of life. And I think that I really always wanted I wanted to stress the idea. The ESPN done some great stuff with this. you know whatever bones we have to pick with their coverage, is not one we've really ever had a problem with because they've been they've been fantastic. At least been fantastic without sports from from kind of day one.
0: I'm going to tell a little story. So Fire Island is a is a gay kind of resort town off the coast of of New York City. That is during the summer the the, the Fire Island Pines, which is one town in the middle of Fire Island. The Pines itself is about ninety five percent gay men. It is the gayest place I have ever been, by, by by far. And as Dan and I were talking about it a few years ago. Uh, he compared it to Provincetown, and I said, "Oh well, Provincetown in the summer only about 25 to 30 percent gay." And he said, "You're crazy. It has to be at least 80 percent gay." That's where we met. We've been there many, many times. Spent a weekend there. Spent weeks there. And he thought that it was almost as gay as the Pines, which is about 95, 98 percent gay. And we went back last summer. And afterward, Dan said, "You, you're right." it's only about maybe a, maybe a quarter, maybe even less gay. But because we live in a society that is so straight, when you see a place that's 25% gay, you feel like it's 100% gay people are everywhere. And I think that is what's, that's what's going on in this, these people's heads. ESPN, even when, even the year Michael Stamp came out and was drafted, ESPN might have spent, maybe, maybe, what, a half a percent of time talking about LGBT issues including Sam. But because you're used to zero it feels like, oh my God, it's wall to wall, Caitlin Jenner and Michael Sam to throw you in our face. But they spent virtually no time talking about these issues, but because there's people are so used to particularly in the sports media seeing none of it, when you see a little, all of a sudden ESPN's throwing it in your face and embracing it too much.
1: No, that's a great point, and I think if you're going to take that analogy further, they gave much more coverage to Tim Tebow. <laughs> Remember, there was a time when they were basically the Tim Tebow network yeah. when he was looking for another job, and he also is, is an analyst. So if you want to make that case, you can make the case that, oh my God, they're catering to evangelical Christians because of all the coverage they give given to Tim Tebow. But the reason they gave the coverage of Tim Tebow, they thought it was selling, is what they wanted people want. But you're right that it does. It gives that perception. It why do I have to? It's like why do I have to have my sports cluttered with all this stuff? And in an hour, it might be a two minute report, and that's right, yeah. it. and and yet their perception is oh my god, I have to watch this.
0: Well, some of the arguments that I saw said that it wasn't just LGBT stuff. It was other. Um, liberal political agenda items like gun control and other things that, that you know, I don't watch much ESPN, so I, I can't comment on how much ESPN is spending talking about gun control. And it is a little, obviously, if, if they just start talking about gun control, it's it's a little odd. I mean, there are, there are certainly, you know, more and more sports publications and uh, have, start talking about entertainment and other things, and they'll dip into politics a little bit. So but it's a little odd. But there are also many, 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 many connections to sports and major issues. If, if athletes are, are protesting something uh, at a basketball game or they're wearing shirts that say I can't breathe or something, you could talk about race and, and gun control and police and other things. It's a, it's a natural progression of the conversation so uh, you know it, it, it's one thing to, for them to just break into lecturing about gun control it's another when there's an, an, an athlete's been shot by somebody and then you talk about guns I, 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 and for somebody to have a problem with that makes it really it 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 it, I, it makes no sense i guess they just had their kind of they have their head in the sand about what sports
1: are well, and if LeBron James is wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt or something, that is going to be by its definition news because he's going to be asked about it by everybody. So it's, yeah, it seems crazy to think that ESPN, I think they cover these things in the context of athletes discussing them. I mean, Colin Kaepernick's decision not to stand for the National Anthem, I mean, everybody talked about it. And were they supposed to ignore it? Yeah. And having yeah. watched at least some of their programming during they you know, there are people that were highly critical of Kaepernick. So it wasn't like they were somehow pro Kaepernick. It's almost like the mere coverage of it is bothering people who want their sports to be somehow separate and sanitized. Well, you can't do that. Um it's impossible in society anymore. I mean, during the presidential election, you had Donald Trump reading a letter from Bill Belichick endorsing him the night before. I mean, how do you not cover that, right? He's <laughs> the best coach in football, and you're supposed to ignore that because you don't want your readers to be sullied by the election. It just – it's kind of silly. But
0: and, and here's the other thing, Jim. This isn't just ESPN. As you point out, NFL Network showed Michael yeah. Sam kissing his boyfriend over and over again, and – if you go to Deadspin, if you go to SB Nation, if you go to Yahoo Sports, USA Today Sports, everyone talks about the broader societal issues. I, I, I teach a class every spring at the University of Florida online about sports media and social issues. And and you look, you can go anywhere today, Huffington Post Sports, and anywhere, any sports site, and they will go be Breiburg. talking go, about
1: go to Breitbart, social issues. Which they t- they discuss that stuff too.
0: Yeah, Well, um, what I'm saying is sport. yes, of, but the sports media, sports media entities, none of them are shying away from these issues because you can't. You, you can't there's only so many times you can describe how, uh, how somebody through threw a, a football or the, or, the, or the, as I see on ESPN right now, the scintillating quarterback competition in the Cleveland Browns between Cody Kessler, Brock Osweiler, Kevin Hogan, and Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser? I don't even know how to say his name. Uh, so there's only so many times you can talk about that before people want to talk about something a little, a little more substance.
1: Yeah, but anyway, I did not know this was a this was a, a real hot topic, and a lot of it's just Schadenfreude, where people are just thrilled that it's happening because it it confirms their feeling that good they want these people to suffer. Um, but right. yeah, ESPN, ESPN ain't going anywhere either. I mean, it's like despite all their troubles, it's still really a hugely profitable company. I think there's a lot yeah. of sense of gloom and doom when you look at it. It's like you know, the layoffs were terrible for the people laid off, and in this market for journalism, it's really. I mean, I feel for people, but it's not like the network is going to fold up shop tomorrow.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, and and you know, one of the things that they will be watch this for a segue, Jim. One of the things that they'll be covering during the NHL draft is a young man named Jarrett Anderson Dolan, who this week talked very publicly about having two lesbian moms. And it, what I found so neat about this story was how the kid, I mean, here he is, he's a top NHL draft prospect. He's, he's projected to go anywhere from the first to the third round. And this isn't a Michael Stamm situation where uh, he, he's a third round quote unquote tweener and he drops to the seventh round. He's going to go in the first three rounds. This kid is going to be drafted in the NHL draft. Uh, he was the captain of Canada's uh, under-18 national team this year. He, he's he's one of the best players in the con- in, in in North America, and for him to open up so like so effortlessly about his his two moms, and at the age of 17, uh, he plays for a, a you know there's a whole network of major junior ice hockey teams all over North America. He plays for the, the Spokane Chiefs. And for him at the age of 17 to wrap his uh, hockey stick in pride tape this season and, and, and then have all of his teammates follow suit because they want to support Jarrett and his moms, I, I just think this, this, this kid is so neat. And, and I, I, you know, I've, I've been a Boston Bruins fan all my life. I, I kind of hope the Bruins, this is a kid I want on, <laughs> on my favorite team.
1: Well, and it's also another example that the whole LGBT issue doesn't have to come just from athletes. It can come from something something like this. You know, two two gay parents are going to have a son who's going to play in pro sports. And imagine that happening, excuse me, in the NFL. Imagine the, the time when we're going to get a you know two gay fathers with a hot baseball prospect or something. That in and of itself is going to be yeah. interesting in a story. But it also shows the power of family and love that – This player grew up with two moms who loved him and raised him really well, and he's not ashamed at all. And I think that's the that's the thing. I think that's the coolest thing that there's no there's no shame or stigma to him having, you know, same-sex parents. Yeah, and the fact that his teammates embraced it, and so yeah, it it really is one of those things that this kind of change is happening. I talked to someone who's wants to do a larger story on gays in sports, and talked about. The idea that nothing's happening on the pro level, and I said, but everything's happening on the college and high school level, and it's happening in, in places like this, small, you know, small sort of you know, small cities, and the change is real. And you know, for this this player to embrace it is just, I think, just fantastic, and, and shows again that he did not grow up ashamed that he had two mothers; he grew up proud of his two moms
0: and this again you know this is a, a theme that i have harped on now for quite a while is the importance of coming out and being out because we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that changes people's attitudes and hearts and minds and actions more than any, but anything else and that this kid has two moms in his life and he talked in the story about his exposure to the lgbt community is much more than that because many of his mom's friends are lgbt and so he's just kind of been immersed in this world since he was born and 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 not surprisingly he is a huge advocate for equality uh, not just for lgbt people but for women in general and 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 you know, there's, there's, there's nobody going into the Spokane Chiefs locker room to talk to the team about LGBT issues or the, the, the league passing some kind of tolerance policy. None of that can do what this kid having two moms and him walking into the locker room talking about two moms and putting pride tape on his, on his hockey stick. Nothing can do what that does from, from people being out.
1: Yeah, and I think you're going to see much more of it as gay parenting gets you know more and more established and popular. So, yeah, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the two dad story. It's going to be really cool that you know whomever the commissioner is well, at the we, time, maybe it'll
0: well, announcing that, what, the number the, um, the number
1: one draft choice of a team, and it's a guy with two dads.
0: What's the um uh the, oh God the uh, the diver? He's one of the top divers, Jordan Windle. He's he's um. He's a, he's a top diver in, in the United States, United States. and uh, I think he goes to University of Texas, or he's going to the University of Texas this year, and he has two dads. Um, and, and, and and I remember, I think it was NB, um, NBC showed the uh, U.S. diving championships last year, the U.S. Olympic trials, and the NBC Olympics would, would show his two dads in the stands, but refer to them as not his two dads, but his parents which kinda of irked the two dads like no all right you can't to say two dads and you didn't take it
1: yeah. um but
0: either way so yeah but yes when when, when we have a when we have a when um, we have an, an NFL prospect, NBA prospect with two dads then, then that'll be that'll be I uh, you know we we, ha- we haven't seen yeah yeah with two dads in, in the big sports. Um there's really really quickly also wanted to hit on one last one last topic. Sean Barber, the uh, now uh, openly gay uh, pole vaulter who is one of the best in the world the, the defending world champion he didn't do so hot at the Olympics last year but two years ago at the world championships he uh, he did uh, Jimmy came out last week in a middle of the night post um, at at 3.18am th- at and we haven't heard from him since he hasn't said anything publicly he He skipped the Drake Realizer he was supposed to compete there, and then last week uh uh you know was a no show and i you know I, I'm starting to wonder now a little bit what's going on here how how do you and i I certainly have my theory that I'll share, but how do you go from posting this coming out post on Facebook to just disappearing
1: i you know it's a great mystery to me, I thought okay, this is a cool way to come out prior to an event like the Drake Relays. And yet, for whatever reason, he did not jump, even though a week prior he had tweeted out that there was going to be this Olympics rematch uh, with guys like Sam Kendricks who wound up winning the Drake Relays, and himself and another another, uh, vaulter who was in the Olympics. So he clearly was planning on coming and, for whatever reason, didn't. I think the timing that early in the morning, I just kind of wonder. I wonder if something spurred him to do this if he was afraid so he was going to be outed by someone or he simply said screw it i'm just going to do, get this over with but for whatever reason he's been still really silent and you and i have just been kind of trying to piece together or figure out but he hasn't given an interview to anyone hasn't posted anything to a social media since um the post is still yeah. up there and his agent acknowledged he wrote it so it's not like this is some phony thing but it's kind of it's one of the more mysterious coming outs that we've ever had because normally there's always some follow-up. And until he jumps again, we are not going to know what that is. And maybe it'll be at the NCAA Track and Field Championships um, where he's won it before. But, yeah, I don't want to speculate on why because I don't know him at all. But it just seems kind of strange that he he kind of dropped this out there and then disappeared.
0: Yeah. Well, as I mentioned to you, it's interesting that he did post it at 3:18 a.m. on I think it was a Sunday morning, uh, and you know I know at 3:18 a.m. on a Sunday morning, um, my posts might not be particularly well thought out. So, <laughs> it it, uh, it, it we curious to hear the backstory. Hopefully, we get it a little bit from Sean when he's comfortable t- sharing it. Um, but until then, I'm off to the White Party and then London. Um, Check back next week to see if Jim has found a replacement for me, and I hope the check is in the mail.